Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome into another edition of The Howler. Another year, actually. Ethan Berry back alongside you. Here with me is Thomas Overton. Thomas, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, It's going to be me and Thomas along with you uh, this year, this semester, next semester, hopefully, if everything goes well. Um, But it's another new year for Wolfpack Sports, and uh, obviously first football game coming up this weekend. Um, State is taking on James Madison from the FCS level. Um, But before we get into football, I think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't uh, mention the soccer teams. The women's team, I believe... Actually, the women and men both went into the year ranked in the top 25. And then the women are 2-0, and 3-0, oh, and oh, I want to say. Yeah. I think, I think actually, I think they tied one. And then they beat South Carolina, who was number 10. That's right. Uh, the other day on Sunday, I want to say. And uh, so, yeah, good win there. That was like a top 15 matchup. So that was a really big game, especially for non-conference. And then you had the men's soccer team beating number two Akron. Yeah, on the road, and uh, the men obviously undefeated. Yeah, working their way inside the top ten. So it's great to see all the teams doing well to start off this school year. Pretty much like we had a f- uh, best finish in the Directors Cup last year. Mm-hmm. So just picking back up right where we left off. Yeah, two. Uh, the men's team is two and zero now. I know that for certain. Um, and they'll face Presbyterian, who's a, who's a was a tournament team last year. Um, they'll face them on Friday. Uh, the women's team, I believe, moved into the top 15. I think there's two polls, and the women's team moved into the top 15 in both polls. Um, so that's good to see. It's not like baseball where there's 17 different polls. and uh, But, yeah, the men's team, the rankings haven't come out, obviously. that We're taping this on Tuesday night, so that happened 24 hours ago, so the rankings haven't been updated. But you'd figure they're going to be in the top 20, top 15. After a win like that on the road against the number two team in the country. <laughs> and that's the team that went to the semifinals last year. I yeah, mean, that's, that's just a great win to start the season, especially on the roads, like yeah. going forward. They can beat anybody. They can play with anybody. And that's as good of a non-conference win as you'll find anywhere. But anyway, neither of us are soccer experts, so uh, so we'll move on to football. James Madison's coming to Carter-Finley uh, this week. Um, I'd say before we get into the game, let's – Go ahead and talk about the season as a whole. What are your expectations? Um, I, I don't know how to phrase this question. Yeah. What, what would be, at the end of the season and we look back, what are you going to say, all right, this was a successful season for us? How many wins? How many wins? You're giving that right off the bat. Well, yeah. I mean, well, how many, not yeah. how many are we going to get. Right. How many would it take for the season to be successful? Well, for me, it's at least eight. Last year, I mean, the the way we played the games, we should have won at least 10. And so with all the players we lost, uh, there's just like this buzz that, oh, they're not going to be as good. They lost too many players. But to be realistic, we should have won more games last year. So there's no, there's no reason we shouldn't win as many, if not even more games this year, just because of some just a couple poor plays here and there cost us two, three games. So I'm looking at that eight, nine, maybe even 10, magic 10 number for this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, not to rehash last year, right. but uh, you could argue State was three plays away from 11 wins in the regular season. That's right. 
And I mean, if Naheem Hines doesn't get hurt against Notre Dame, who knows? But uh, we're not going to do that. I agree with you. Uh, eight wins uh, would would be a successful season, and then nine in a bowl game uh, for me. It just to me the thing is you've got Ryan Finley, who's an NFL quarterback, and you should not you should not win seven games with an NFL quarterback. No, and especially with the wide receivers he has, right? And all the experience they have, and yeah, no, seven wins would especially. I think we have the easiest schedule. And in just about the least. whole conference. I mean, our our um, crossover games, Virginia, and we always right. get Carolina. The conference so. game. The conference schedule is definitely easy. Right. It's there for this year. Right. Last year was a little tougher with a uh, trip to Pitt. Yeah. Um, Virginia, like you said, might be the worst team in the conference. But uh, the Atlantic division is tougher. And then you also have a home game against West Virginia, obviously, and a road game at Marshall, which I think is going to be a really tough game. I'll I'll be honest. I would be terrified of that game if their quarterback had come back. But that's right. Yeah. He, for some reason, he decided to go pro. But anyway, so so we're gonna set the the bar at eight wins. At least, right? I yeah. think eight and four. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a step forward, not a step back. You're you're treading water, but you're treading water in a good place. That's right. Yeah. You know. So, um, and I and I think the other thing that a lot of people aren't really talking about is yeah state had seven draft picks last year but state could have another seven this year with finley uh kelvin Harmon has the potential to go pro after the year then you have at least two maybe three offensive linemen in tyler jones garrett bradbury i'd say those guys are certain to get picked and then you have tyrone prescott who's probably going to get picked uh and then you have that would be that's five four we'll call it four then then you have roseboro uh, on the defensive line, Darian Roseboro, Jermaine Pratt, that's six. Then you have the possibility of Prescott. Maybe Jacoby Myers has a big year and goes pro. Maybe Steph Lewis has a big year. You know, there's guys like that everywhere. And so State could easily – I'd be surprised if State doesn't have five draft picks in minimum. Oh, right? at least. I see seven or eight. Yeah. At least. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, State lost seven draft picks, but – you know, I'm so sick of the narrative all summer. Look who's gone. Look who's not coming yeah. back. Look who they have to replace. And I was like, did you not look at who played behind them last year? I mean, Roseboro was second string. Yeah. Definitely top quality in the ACC this year. Yeah. I mean, only two freshmen on the first team on the depth chart. Right. It's not like we're just bringing in these 18-year-olds that haven't played college football before. Yeah. I mean, all behind them is experience. And the defensive line, especially, like the the guys that were behind Bradley Chubb and Contavia Street, those guys are experienced. James Smith-Williams is a redshirt junior. Roseboro, as you mentioned, is a senior. Andreas Bryant is a senior. Uh, Shug Frazier is a redshirt sophomore. Laurel Murchison came in from JUCO. Um, and then you talk about linebacker. Look, I thought Jermaine Pratt was our best linebacker last year, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he played excellent football last year. And even if he wasn't the best linebacker, he was the best playmaker on defense, not named Bradley Chubb. I mean, obviously. But, I mean, think back to all the big plays. Pick six against Louisville. The pick at the end of the game against uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Um, he recovered the punt, the blocked punt against Notre Dame. And this was when he was only – he wasn't even playing half the game. Right, yeah. So, he was – He's a big, t- big. I don't, not a big time, big time player, but he makes big plays. And I don't think State necessarily had that last year on the back seven. No, if it's that just, makes sense. The back seven seemed more consistent, right? To me, like all around, 
like no one really sticking out. I look for this year, especially Pratt on that back yeah. seven to make a big, big impact. So State didn't have – my point being, State didn't really have a playmaker. Like Chubb was your playmaker right. at defensive end. Right. But then there wasn't one no. really behind him. Uh, and so I think Pratt can be that guy. He was last year. So, um, And then you've got uh, Nick McLeod. I'm a big Nick McLeod guy. Um, he'll be at one of the corner spots. State needs him to stay healthy this year. Um, the rest of the defense, the safeties are returning. Dexter Wright's staying healthy all year would be huge. And then the nickel position, State really likes where it's at because Freddie Phillips went down in the first game of the year. And then Stephen Griffin transferred in from – Tennessee and then you have Tanner Engel who's been a, a really good freshman uh, so far has been the word anyway so that's three guys right there who you really trust and last year State after Freddie Phillips got hurt State pulled Sean Boone from the safety spot and made him the nickel which I, I understand that in concept but what I didn't like about it was you pulled Sean Boone who was a really good safety you pulled him from safety so you got worse at safety and then you put him at nickel, which was a spot he had never played, and so you got worse at nickel. So I didn't like that. That won't be an well. I shouldn't say it won't be an issue, because obviously injuries are going to happen. But I think State will be better there. Yeah, to me, that's our. That's where I look most years for the defense. Like, how well is the defense going to play? I always look for the back five. Well, if it State's four two five, I'll look for the back five. Right. If they decide to go four three, I'll look for the back four. But uh. It's just all about limiting the big play. And it seemed like every time Clemson, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and I forgot who else, these massive 80, 90-yard runs. Yeah. And it was like, well, yeah, we might have missed a hole or two in on the front four and the next two, but we didn't make the plays in the back five to stop those. Like, right. That's what they're there for. Yeah, and athletically, I think, which helps because, you know, when you're playing Clemson and Notre Dame, they have the best athletes in the country. And – um, the guys that State had last year, all due respect, they were good football players, but they were not the best athletes in the country. And it's hard, it's hard to get those guys. It really is. But uh, I think athletically, State's upgrading. Um, Mike Stevens, I think athletically. Jonathan Alston was a good athlete. But Stevens, the other thing about Stevens was he was hurt. And so, you know, the odds of him playing at any point last year at 100% were pretty slim because he already came in hurt. But um, I feel like there was one point last year where they were all hurt. Yeah. And uh, they were just back there trying to piece it together. And hopefully this year, if those five can stay healthy, Mm -hmm. I look for State's defense to really tighten down on the big plays. And And State has some good depth at safety too. Yes, the best we've uh, had in a long time. Yeah. Um, But anyway, my point about the athleticism, Mike Stevens was playing hurt. Arius Moore and Jared Fernandez were not great athletes. Jermaine Pratt is a great athlete. And Isaiah Moore and Louis Asus, who are going to be the other linebackers, Brock Miller, those guys are upgrades athletically. So, obviously, you're losing a lot of experience, but athletically, um, you know, it, it should be an upgrade. And it's tough to upgrade the, the athleticism on the defensive line. But those guys are good athletes, too. James Smith-Williams was named um, – one of the biggest freaks in college football, I think. Um, I can't remember who. Bruce Feldman, I believe, wrote that. But uh, And obviously Roseboro. But um, I I don't think the def- – all this being said, the defense isn't the doom and gloom that everybody is making it no, out to no, be. No, no, no. 
I mean, you got two draft picks with Roseboro and Pratt, and you got a two safeties who are redshirt junior and redshirt senior. You got a cornerback who's a junior. And then at your other cornerback, you have a uh, Juco or a sophomore. And then uh, obviously along the line, you have some experience and Pratt, obviously. So there's some experience there, just not, not a lot of you're a starter experience. It's been, you know, here and there as a reserve filling in whatever. The thing for me, the thing that's going to be most important to me is third down defense. State was awful last year on third downs. Last in the ACC, actually. I looked this up yesterday. I want to say 42%, which was which was last. Um, you can't get off the field if you don't get third down stops. It's that simple. And um, for State's defense to be as good as it was last year, which it was a good defense. It wasn't a great defense like it, like some people think it was or should have been. You got to get off the field. Yeah, there's there's no excuse for like third and seven, third or yeah. eight, giving up either like a seven. The worst to me of the heart of a fan is a seven yard halfback draw. Yeah, right up the middle on third and six, or it's just when we go, we decided to go one on one outside coverage, and just the man gets beat, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you got to clean it up on third down. That's yeah. that's really the point, and. Um, State wasn't great at third downs, wasn't great at forcing turnovers. And, you know, there you go. Um, the defense wasn't as good as it should have been. So, and, and I looked, the other teams in the ACC, Virginia Tech was like 24%. And I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. But they forced, they had something like 30 more third down stops. So if you think about it, that's almost, that's two and a half extra punts per game that they forced that's an extra two possessions. That's right, yeah. You're winning a lot of games by doing that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying State needs to lead the ACC in third down percentage and get opponents off the field 75% of the time. That's not really practical. But 36%, 35%, that's middle of the road in the ACC. You know, that's an improvement. That was, The numbers I looked at yesterday, that's an extra punt per game almost. I mean, even one extra stop. And you look at the three one-possession games that State lost, there you go. Yeah. That's the difference. So um, we'll see if they can do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I look know. for that to improve and the big play defense to improve. Yeah. On defense. turnovers. Yeah, well, that yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Talk a little bit about the offense. Obviously, we were talking about um, draft picks. Ryan Finley, maybe a first rounder after the year. I was talking to somebody today, actually. I don't know. We can talk about it real quick. I think Ryan Finley is more likely to go number one overall in the draft than he is to go out of the first round. Thoughts? Well, we got hopefully at least 13 games to decide yeah. that. So, I mean. I mean, that's my hot take. Right now I'm looking at the end, uh, late of the first round, beginning yeah. of the second round. But we've got a whole season. That's why he came back to get better. Right. I feel like last year he could have been mid-second round, maybe yeah, early second, second round. Yeah, but that's why he came back. He wants to be that top 10 draft yeah. pick. Yeah, third round maybe last year. Yeah. And the thing about quarterbacks is they always get way overpicked. And I definitely – Ryan Finley's a great college quarterback. He is nowhere near the best player in college football or uh, of any that are draft eligible. But I'll just throw a side note in there. The defensive line class in this year's draft is absolutely ridiculous. But anyway um, – so say he's, you know, say you think, all right, this guy's middle of the first round. 
well, he's a quarterback. So that's going to bump you up there. That's going to bump you up some. And then you're going to have guys who are going to trade up and try to jump over teams. And that's how you end up with quarterbacks like Josh Allen going, what did he go, like seventh overall? I can't even remember. Like that dude was not a first-round pick. But you get what I'm saying. There's four or five quarterbacks who go in the first round every year. Right. And then maybe one or two in the next two or three rounds. And then a bunch at the end. So I think he's going to be that guy right. in the first round um, who's going to move up just because he's a quarterback. I listened to something today that said he did have to improve on just touchdowns. And he threw for, what, 3,700 yards last year, yeah. but only like 17 touchdowns. Now, granted, we did run a yeah. lot of red zone All- plays. Like Hines and uh, Samuels, right? And that's the thing too is like that's not his that's no. not his thing. He no. ran, he ran for some touchdowns, at least two that I can think of. Um, I'm sure there were a couple more, but uh, he's going to be called upon more. Right. And I, I, I want to say there was 28 touchdowns between Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels. That sounds right. And somebody's got to replace him. Yeah, I'm looking for Finley more like in the 25, 26 At least, touchdowns through the air. Yeah. I read something today that Russell Wilson, uh, I think it was his junior year is what they said. I don't know. And he had the same amount of yards Finley had last year, but like 33, 35 touchdown passes. Right. Now, I know we didn't run the ball nearly as much in those years. That's just the but, nature of the offense. Right. Um, but, but still. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And the other thing is the red zone targets. Kelvin Harmon is 6'3". If there's a better jump ball wide receiver in the country than Kelvin Harmon, I haven't seen him and I don't believe no, it. No, no. Uh, and Steph Lewis is 6'2". Jacoby Myers led the team in touchdowns last year. You got C.J. Riley coming off the bench who's like 6'5", 6'6". Emeka uh, Amezi, 6'3", uh, I want to say. And then you have Carrie Angeline, uh, the transfer from Southern California tight end who's 6'7". He'll be eligible after three games. That's a lot of height in the red zone. That is right. And um, so the opportunity is going to be there. The wide receivers are going to be there for him to have a big year. And I think it'll happen. I really do. Um, What I want to see, State has been so balanced on offense the last, really since Doran got here. Right. So balanced on offense. I don't want to see balance this year. No? Don't want to see it. See, I was going to come in saying I'm going to go bold and say we're going to run the ball like – 53% 53% of plays pass 47, but because I think everyone's expecting us to pass. But then again, we do right. have the best quarterback in the league with now, the best wide receivers. Right. And let me make this clear. I don't think state will throw the ball around. I think state is going to stay balanced. Okay. I just don't, I don't want that to happen. No, you're bored of it. I'm not bored of it. I just think the most effective way is going to be for us to score as many points as possible. And that's going to happen by throwing the ball. And, Look, Eli Drinkwitz and, and Dave Doran and all those guys, they know what they're doing, and um, I'm sure they'll have, a, they'll have a good game plan. Eli Drinkwitz is one of the best offensive coordinators around. Um, Reggie Glassby is going to be the running back. Um, but I, don't, I just don't feel that – I mean, in a, it's kind of like in basketball. Would you rather be Virginia, who's going to walk the ball down every time? I mean, how are you going to do that when you have great athletes? You know what I mean? You got great athletes on the outside. Use them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it. So last year, State's best players were Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels. So you run the ball. Or, you know, short pass game, whatever. Right. Now your best your best athletes are on the outside. Get it to them. Right. So that's what I'm – I don't think it'll happen, like I said. 
maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. And I'm sure they'll throw it around at times, and I'm sure there'll be times when they run the ball like they need to. Um, and the other thing is the best way to keep, you know, so many question marks on defense, the best way to keep the other team's offense from scoring, keep them on the sideline and control the ball. That's right. So there's two sides to it. Um, That's I don't know. why they don't pay us to coach, That's I guess. they don't pay us to coach, yeah. So anyway, so all that being said, the cupboard is not bare by any means. We expect another six, seven draft picks this year. Right. And so we've set the bar at eight wins. Is there a, is there a conference number of wins? I honestly hadn't even thought about this. I think if we go four and four in the conference again, I might tear my eyes out. Just because not that four and yeah. four is bad with it. We've got to play Clemson, Florida State, Louisville every year. Four and four is not bad, but it's getting kind of annoying. Yeah, well, it was six and two last year. Right. Um, and I want to say three and five. Uh, no, I think four and four the year before that. I don't no. know. There's such it's always no. Clemson who's normally right. either undefeated or lost one. And then it's all these teams that do either five and three, four and four and three and five, and then one team down there in the one win column. So <laughs> yeah. it's not last year was nice. Six wins that separated us from the middle. Right. It put us clearly in five, second. I, I think five ACC wins. I really want five. And and the thing I keep going back to, and this is one of my biggest issues with Dave Dorn a couple years back, you gotta win games at home. You yeah, have to. You have to. Florida and State conference games, like you just to me, that's Carter Friendly is such a big advantage, or it can be such a big advantage. To be fair, it's not always. But it's such a big advantage for the team. And you hear other people talk about it. Like you'll see um people who are talking about how coming to Carter Friendly for a night game is like a a death warrant. I think I saw a tweet about that from somebody, some Florida state fan. But, um, my point being, you gotta, you gotta win games at home. Yeah. You you've got to use that to your advantage. And I mean, it, it's a tough home schedule this year, West Virginia, Florida state, right. Um, Boston college, wake forest. Those are all really good teams. I just, I don't know. I, I'd say five, six, five home wins at the minimum minimum. And last year was five and one, which is good. That's one good. loss was to Clemson. That's yeah. good. Um, but I don't know. So we'll say five ACC wins, eight wins overall. I think they can e- easily do better than that. Yeah. I think 10 wins is absolutely on the table. Right. Um, I think it all – But any, The yeah. first four games really stand out. Yeah. I mean, the non-conference games, if they can somehow manage to go – Four and zero. Four and zero. Yeah. I mean, we're almost halfway to ten wins already. Right. And and I then mean, you have Virginia. Yeah, which we've got be a UVA win. at home, and then Boston College. Boston College would be tough, but that's the that's the fifth out of six weeks at home at Carter Finley, and they right. should be getting in the rhythm, and everyone knows their roles, and the fans should be excited, especially if they're five and zero, and Boston College would be good. So. Yeah, Boston College is a good team. They are. They, good. they have some issues at quarterback. Anthony Brown. Uh, was their quarterback last year. He got hurt, actually, against State, um, and supposedly he's back. They they caused some real issues, and they're everybody's dark horse pick, kind of like NC State was last year. Right. They're a good team. That's going to be a tough one. But like I said, if you're if you're going to win eight games, that's a game you got to win. Right. If you want to compete with Clemson, that's a game you have to win. Clemson's not losing to Boston College at home, no matter – not this Boston College team anyway, you know? That's what it takes. I mean, obviously Clemson's one of the handful of best teams in the country, but that's what it takes to get up there. 
Right. And that's eventually the goal. So I think my goal for this year is if you're state, you want to establish yourselves. Last year state was the second best team, at least in the division. I think state was the second best team in the conference. Right. You want to establish yourselves up there, top two or three in the conference. And this is your opportunity to do it. Top two or three teams in the conference aren't losing home games to Boston College. Even even one that's this good. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they've got the experience and uh they should be ready for that game and yeah. anything short of a W. In my opinion, even if Boston College is also undefeated, I haven't even looked at their schedule, but that would just be a letdown. Yeah, I'm not sure. Boston the second half of Boston College Boston College probably comes in undefeated, but the second half of the schedule is is brutal. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Um, but anyway, one more thing I want to talk about the offense about about the team specifically. The two two minute drills at the end of games got to get better. Oh my goodness! I read some stat that was like in the last three years when the state was only down by seven or less points, we're zero for seven scoring yes. the football. Yeah, I read that article. I read that article too. Zero for seven. No. I think it was the last two years. Oh okay, and seven. Yeah. Oh and seven in last minute drives and all seven got inside the thirty yard line. And didn't score on a didn't single score. one. Didn't score. That can't happen. That's and nice. I know a lot of people like, well, you have the missed kick against Clemson and you have the fumble which may or may not have happened against Wake Forest. A, you still lost the games. Right? It right. doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Like and B, even if you had won those two, you're still two and five, which isn't good. Right? Right. So, to me, you should you should split your one possession games. That's just how sports work. But if you have an NFL quarterback like State does, you should be better. You should be better than average, which to me average would be about 50%. You got to be better than average. So, I don't know, maybe State's saving up all their 2-minute drives for this year cuz they're probably going to need them. Yeah, we're probably going to need them. I mean, some of these teams just like I feel like a lot of these games are just going to be way closer than people oh, yeah. think they're going to be. I think West Virginia, Marshall, Boston College, Syracuse, Florida State, Wake will Clemson. all be really Those close Those are all games. close games. Yeah. And I think UNC Chapel Hill is going to be a close game. Um, but, you know, you're gonna, you got to win those games. And when you have the ball, you got Ryan Finley, you got Kelvin Harmon, Steph Lewis, Jacoby Myers – you finish the job like no nobody in the ACC is going to be able to match up with those guys right and um i don't know they just got that's to find just a way to an get 0 and 7 you know there's some bad luck in there and as everybody knows NC State is always has the best of luck so that's right <laughs> but um i don't know i just think you got to you got to find a way to win those games especially when you're on offense and um you know, we'll see. And it, I'll tell you what, if State doesn't win those games, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a good, long year. I mean, that you're looking at five, six wins. Right. I think. And the, But then on the flip side, if you can win those games, you're looking at ten wins, I think. Right. But anyway, we'll we'll go through and, and give our season predictions in a bit. Right now we'll talk about James Madison real quick. 14-1 um, and one each of the last two years. They won the FCS championship two years ago, lost in the championship game this past year. They're going to be tough. I don't know a whole lot about their team. Uh, they have three good running backs. They have a quarterback controversy. Not really a controversy, but 
a battle, I guess. Right. And their coach decided not to name one, which, okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, somebody He said somebody will be playing quarterback, <laughs> so I guess they're not going to put Marcus Marshall back there to play quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their cornerbacks are supposedly really good, too. Um, yeah, they lost both safeties. But the corners, uh, Rashad Robinson's up for the conference player of the year, and I read some articles on him. He'll be in the third, fourth round NFL draft. So, uh, oh wow, yeah, I think the the corners look good. That'll be a good test for yeah, state's will. wide receivers. Yeah. then. Uh, the running backs, obviously, I think we were adding up. Like they've played eleven college football seasons or something. Been that's, on a roster for almost wild. eleven. I know they had a lot of injuries. Uh, Cardin Johnson, the grad student, has been hurt a lot. So we hope uh, he's healthy this year, but. Marcus Marshall, Cardin Johnson, and Trey Sharp, two of those kids, Marcus Marshall from Raleigh and uh, Trey Sharp from uh, Carborough. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they got some good players. It's a good FCS team. The thing, I, I, I just feel like so many people are so concerned about JMU. Let me just tell you this. If NC State struggles with JMU, it's going to be a long year. Yeah. And, you know, I shouldn't say struggles. If the game is – if JMU has the ball and can drive to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter, it's going to be a long year. I expect the first half to be reasonably close. I expect that State will be up, but I, you know, I don't expect State to go up twenty-eight nothing in the second quarter. No, no. But the game should be in hand by the end of the third quarter. And by in hand, I don't mean up by four touchdowns. Get a get a good seventeen twenty-one something like that point win. You know, you right. don't you don't have to beat them by forty. No, just have everything in hand by the third quarter. If you're tied after the first quarter, that's fine. If you're up by ten at halftime, good. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that all day. Right. But in the third fourth quarter, you've got the depth. Twenty two extra scholarships, FBS compared to FCS. Twenty two extra scholarships it makes a big difference. Right. Especially since they're traveling and can't bring. I don't know what the FCS rules for traveling rosters are, but you know that's a big difference. State's going to have 110 players on the sideline. JMU is going to have 70. So you know, and obviously not all the players are going to play. But you get what I'm saying. That's a lot of extra depth. You should be able to wear them down in the heat. Uh, wear them down. I'm sure we'll see plenty of Reggie Gillespie wear them down by that. And then in the third, fourth quarter, you know, three touchdown win. I think you know. Yeah, that was my number. I was thinking about it earlier today, and I saw Dave Dorn's press conference. Like he said, it's not it's not a scrimmage game, which no game's a scrimmage game. Right. But you know, there's some teams that you'll look and it's like, I've never even heard of them. Well, JMU once again, like we said, 28 wins in two years. I mean, that's just crazy. That's, even that's for the FCS. Yeah. I mean, and they won in the Fargo Dome two years ago. Right. And everyone knows about North Dakota State, so it's not like they're just some no name team. But no, yeah, they, state should still be able to handle. Yeah, Doran was talking about that. He was like, "It's not, it's not difficult to get your team's attention when you're talking about JMU." Um, and I, I think state will be ready. You know, maybe you get off to a slow start. That's not last year. We obviously saw that against South Carolina. But I was thinking about earlier today. I, I'm a big fan of kicking the football off. I love to play defense first. But in the first game, I would not mind seeing us and take the ball. Especially in a game you're supposed to win, take right, the ball. Take the ball. Take the ball. Go down, score a touchdown. Don't let – you know, I say I expect it to be close, but don't let JMU believe they can win. Get up early, and even if you don't build upon the lead, 
you know, at least they're looking up at the score. Every time they look up, they're down by seven, ten points in the first half. Right. Something like that. Don't let them believe they can win. If they get up early, they're going to believe that they can win, and that's when you're going to run into issues. And I think the same thing happened against South Carolina. State was behind the whole game, even though they were the better team. Right. Um, so I say get ahead early. You don't have to blow them out. Just make sure things are under control. And don't, like I said, if the game in the fourth quarter, if JMU has the ball looking to tie or take the lead, you're in trouble. Yeah, they've got to find a way to pull this one out with West Virginia's coming up at yeah, Marshall. George, you got Georgia State next week. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, especially all at home except Marshall. Three yeah. home games to start out with. And the other thing when you look at this year compared to last year, uh, I guess moving on from JMU a little bit, the non-conference schedule is a lot easier. State was 2-2 two and two non-conference last year. Well, this year you should be 3-1 and one minimum. Minimum. That's an extra win just to get you nine. So yeah. I, and I think four and zero is absolutely on the table. Oh, absolutely! With with West Virginia at home, yeah, that's that a very winnable. winnable game. Yeah, very winnable. Um, we haven't. I don't know when the last time we always have these marquee wins, and I think states do for one. And that not might, might yeah. not be top marquee, but what West it's Virginia? Good enough. They're a good team. West Virginia. But, yeah. Oh, I think West Virginia would be a marquee. Okay. win. Okay. But I mean, I guess I mean you you talking? I mean, it's not gonna be a top ten win. No. Top five. I mean, we had Florida State 98. They were number two, so that's always the best win at home. And then Florida State in 2012 is number three. Right. They were up there in the teens sometime, and then I think Clemson 2013 was like seven was the best we've done. Yeah. We haven't done anything better than top ten in a while. So. Trying to think. Louisville uh, might have been our best win in like the last five years at home, and they were, what, 17? Yeah. I think people – well, this wasn't a home game, but last year against Florida State – that was the second game of the year for them, and right. that was still a good team. Florida State kind of unraveled and quit on Jimbo Fisher. That wasn't the case against NC State. That was a good team that State beat. That was a top 25 team. Yeah, I was pretty sick of that story that, oh, these teams are so bad. Well, it was after State beat them that they seemed to fall off right. the wagon. It was Florida after they State, lost to Miami because yeah. I think they were 0-3. Florida State was always – I mean, they were, what, number two preseason? Yeah, Something. and then they went and lost to Bama, yeah, lost, to lost, Bama, Bama lost the their quarterback. Hurricane, the quarterback. and then Right, then State beat them. Then they went and lost to Miami on a last-second drive, and then they quit. Right. So that was still a good win. Same thing anyway. with Louisville. What were they, 5-4-1? and four and one? Yeah, I don't think Louisville ever really quit, though. That team was just bad. They just ended up losing that one to Boston College. Yeah, they were so. terrible last year, except for Lamar Jackson was incredible. That Louisville team was terrible. Anyway, um. All right, JMU prediction from you real quick. Uh, win by 18. Yeah, I'll say 45-24. Um, that's three touchdowns. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Doesn't doesn't need to be a six-touchdown win, like I said. No. Um, actually, I forgot to get this earlier. Quick player to watch, offense, defense, both. Boy. Uh, we'll start with defense. I offense think. is tough this year. Yeah, offense is tough. I mean, because I mean, you got every you got the guys everybody knows about. Right, Ryan Finley, like everyone's gonna have their Kelvin, eye on them. Right, Kelvin Harmon, Kelvin Steph Harman. Lewis, Jacoby Myers. Like those guys are such known quantities. It's hard to be like, oh, here's a breakout guy. I think the biggest key to our offense is Gillespie staying healthy. Yeah, and just picking up his his load, and we know he can carry it. He's a great player, and if he's able to do what we know he can do, that'll just open up so many things for the passing yeah. game. Yeah. 
And his pass protection, too, was yes. really, really good. Um, on defense, I think uh, Big E Bryant, you know, he's been Andreas Bryant. Yeah, the past yeah. couple years. And I read today he said he's 100%. And uh, I look for him to have a big year right He's a really good player. Yes. And he's um, – the depth chart came out the other day, and Steph Lewis was listed, listed as a co-star with Emeka Emezi. Right. And I think that says a lot about Emezi. But the same thing happened last year. It was either Justin Jones or B.J. Hill was listed as a co-starter with Andreas Bryant. So that tells you the same kind of thing. That's that's what the staff thinks right. of Andreas Bryant. He earned that same kind of recognition. I agree with you. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I like James Smith-Williams a lot. Uh, I don't know how much of under the radar that is, but um, I think he could have a really big year, um, especially because Roseboro is going to get all the attention. So James Williams is going to have to make some things happen. Right. Like I told you, I'm I'm on the Nip, Nick McLeod hype train. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Two of those guys. It's so hard to pick one on offense. Yes. So it's so, I'll just yeah. I'll just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, getting ready to wrap it up here. Season predictions. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? What are we on Georgia State? No, 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 just record. You don't have to. Oh, the Not record. game by game. Oh, man. All right, regular season, 8-4. and four. A big win against West Virginia. Losses to Clemson and Florida State and some couple more. Uh, bowl game. Heck, 8-4 and four would probably put us back in, like, the Belk Bowl. But yeah. we'd win that one because the SEC would send some six and six team again. So. It's tough to pick a. It's tough to pick which bowl game. Right, I was just spitballing. Right, because you there's so many different factors. I could go. I go nine and three, and um, it's hard for me to pick the three losses. I don't think it's. I don't think you lose to Florida State. I don't think you lose to West Virginia. Maybe you lose one of those two, and then you count Clemson as a loss. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's and then one other, but I don't know who. Boston College, yeah, those two are tough. Just because they're on the road, I mean, we're not. I don't. There's no way they're going to lose to Wake because it's Thursday night. I wouldn't say no way. I would say no way. I would be pretty surprised. Yeah, I I agree with you, but I I can't sit here and say there's no way. There's no way. Okay. (laughs) I sure hope there's no way. Yeah, eight and four in a bowl, nine wins, one short of the magical ten again. I've got nine and three. Okay, Um, winning a bowl. Magical 10? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Dorn's been really good at bowl yes, games. Yes, bowl games, yes. So, yeah, I, it's just hard for me to pick three losses. Like, And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if State beat Clemson. No. Because State's beat Clemson each of the last two years. Right. Or outplayed them, anyway, outplayed. obviously. Outplayed them. And I don't know. The pl- I mean, there's so many plays in that Clemson game that like I have PTSD from, but... <laughs> Uh, the one where Finley overthrew Harmon. Oh man, State yeah. wins that game right yeah. there, right then, right there. Well, the punt return, that the nine, punt return, ninety what yard run, the rush. Yeah, I mean, and then you had the that, drive at the end of the game too. Well, not even that, but the reverse call when uh, Myers caught the ball and then yes. they called it back. That was I thought that was a big. Down. That I was an that, easy yeah, catch. A that touchdown a drive call. to take the lead, right? Right in the third, or and that was like a fourth. third and fourteen too. Yes, and they overturned it for no reason. No. But anyway, okay, we'll stop. We'll stop going through that. Anyway, so, uh, so state, I wouldn't be surprised to see state beat Clemson. So I think if they can start six and zero, then I'd go nine and three. But that means they'd have to beat West Virginia and Boston College. Right. Those are the two. That's building the in hype the first right six. There. Those are the two like star star dash dash circle circle yeah. exclamation point. 
that that's building the hype train right there. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. I wrote today for the technician ACC power rankings. State's got to beat Boston College. You have to make sure that that Clemson game is the Atlantic Division championship game. Right. You got to do it. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll go nine and three. I don't know. Don't ask me who the losses are, too. I have no idea. Um, but in summary, defense is going to be better than expected. Offense is really good. Has to be good at the end of the game because that's what it's going to come down to. I think I think it will. Just, you know, I think they will. Um, and hopefully the kicking situation is figured out. I was about to say, out. we got through a whole episode and didn't yeah. talk about kicking. Well, I just don't want to. No, I, I hate being that guy. We'll be excellent at punting again, so that's great. Was that? Excellent at punting. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Chris Dunn is a good kicker. Yes. Um, if he misses his first field goal, it's not going to be good. No. Um, no. But he's good. He's got the physical talent, as did Bambard. And, um, you know, credit to Kyle Bambard for sticking it out. Yeah, it's all mental from here. Anyway, that'll do it for us. Uh, State takes on James Madison at uh, 12 o'clock, I believe. High noon, Labor Day nooner. Bring out the sunscreen. And uh, it'll be hot. But it's on ESPNU. Yes. All right, that'll do it for us. Make sure you check back in again next week. And thanks for listening to this edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.